The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. And so happy that you guys are, are with us. And, and what a crazy, crazy, crazy week. And first, I just you know want to thank all the listeners out there. Uh, I, you know, I, I had such an outpouring of, of love and, and passion uh, from friends and from family and from listeners and all kinds of people on, on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we found out uh, Wednesday I was doing a, a seminar in Nashville, Tennessee. On Wednesday, uh, my son had to have a, an emergency appendectomy, and I you know, found that out and had to drive home from Tennessee, which was very scary. Um, got there just as he was going in. Um, he's fine. Everything's great. Uh, but wow, you know, social media has all these different uses and, and things, but um, when something like that happens, it, it's it's amazing, you know, especially with what was happening today with the inauguration, how divisive uh, social media can be. But when something happens like that in your life and to your family, it's amazing the people that I heard from in, in my past, and and just there there were a few people that that um, said, "Hey, I listen to your show every week," and just you know, glad that your son's okay. And I haven't met these people yet face to face or even know them really. Um, on social, uh, other than social media, or, or through them listening to the show, and that outpouring uh, really makes a difference. And, and just couldn't thank people enough. But yeah, crazy week. Uh, did a, uh, a lunch presentation, and then got a chance to do a seminar. Uh, the lunch presentation uh, had double the attendance than normal in, in Nashville. So was very, very appreciative of that of the the chapter up there at PMI Nashville. Uh, had a great time with them. Uh, rolled out some new presentations, some new material that have never done before. Uh, to that group and and just had a fantastic time with them. I got a chance to work with an organization here in in town today, uh, but was led by a a guy that, boy, has worked for me, that I've worked for him, and we've been partners. We've started companies together. uh, So it was great to see him. So it's just been a fantastic week. Uh, and, and uh, just really wrapped up, but uh, talking about work-life balance and, and you, you recognize what's really important very, very quick uh, when you get a phone call and they say one of your children is either hurting or sick or, or something's happening. And boy, that snapped my, my attention to what was important very, very quickly. But again, everything's great with him and the outpouring of love and everything that, that was shown to me this week was just overwhelming. And, and it makes you just take a uh, step back and take stock of your personal life and, and was just blessed by by all of that. So I want to get into today's show. Uh, what a fantastic show we've got lined up. Uh, this gentleman that we're going to be bringing on, um, I got a chance to meet in South Carolina and got a chance to, you know, we, we had never met each other, didn't really know anything about each other. Um, and then once uh, we did meet, you know, we've reached out to each other a few times have gotten to know each other and starting to work with with each other a lot more now. Uh, and so was very excited to, to bring him onto the show. He, he began his professional career, uh, speaking career, uh, and, and I'm going to be really mean 
because I can be. Um, he, he began his professional speaking career uh, the year I graduated high school, uh, where uh, <laughs> that one's going to hurt him just a bit. Uh, so, uh, But uh, was inspired by Zig Ziglar uh, to pursue his, his passion, really. And so after time with Dale Carnegie, um, he's fine-tuned his skills to become an expert at dealing with people. Uh, his focus is on behavior change, where, whether he's delivering content on leadership, uh, team building, or culture shaping. Um, and he truly is the people whisperer. So he utilizes humor, encourages audiences to be focused but not take themselves too seriously, uh, enjoying life while challenging themselves. Uh, he leaves audiences energized and enlightened with the skills to produce positive effects in their personal and professional lives. But what really makes this guy remarkable is his way with individuals and groups uh, because he's able to connect with people and help them grow with a simple tool. And that's questions. So when he facilitates content delivery or conversation, he asks questions, encouraging those participants to think. So let's bring him on the show, uh, Mr. Frank Keck. How you doing, Frank? Uh, hi, Rick. Thanks. What a great introduction. Hey, you like that part about the uh, graduating high school there. That, that's a good way to start this uh, conversation. Yeah, I just, just uh, drank some Geritol and uh, parked my walker. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry for that, but uh, that one hit me as I as I was reading through that. So, talk. Well, just again, I did a long introduction there, but just introduce yourself to the audience and, and just tell them a little bit about you and your company and, and kind of you know what you've been doing over the last few years. Well, happy Friday, everybody! Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. And uh, I, I started um, early on in life being very curious. And uh, then I did some stand-up comedy to put myself through high school and college, and it didn't pay very well back in the olden days. And, uh, but I wanted to, to figure out a way to have an opportunity to impact people in a positive way. And uh, so I went and got some training from uh, the Dale Carnegie organization, spent some time there, uh, just really started to uh, find out that, you know, at 19, you think you know everything, and uh, which I, I think you're, what, 20 or 21 now, Rick? Yeah, something and, like that. Uh, so I've just, I've, I've learned through the years, the more I know, the more I know I don't know. And so I've always had that wave of curiosity and that's how I approach life. And I've noticed through the years that that, um, as I've shared that with people, um, it's really been helpful for them. And I've helped some uh, people in high places and low places just to be able to, to be more successful in their careers, but also in their lives, to help them build better relationships, more positive relationships um, through the power of questioning. So it's, been, it's, it's a lot of fun when you can help people to be more successful, as you well know, uh, really just by being yourself and by sharing things that you've learned through the years. So I, I feel very fortunate. And so one of those programs that, that you really have talked about, though, is, is this one we talk about, the 60-second coach. So tell, tell people a little bit about that program. Well, a few years ago, I was, I was doing, uh, I had a, a, a client, and they said, hey, would you do some, co you know, teach our managers how to coach? And I said, sure. And so we put together a workbook, and we went in, and we delivered the training, and uh, everybody was ecstatic. Hey, this content's really great. We're really excited about being better coaches. And so, uh, they, I left and they went back about their jobs and I came back a month later for a follow-up session. And we were going to start with everyone sharing a little bit about what they'd done. And I was all excited and these people are going to change their employees lives. And, 
the world is going to be a better place, and I got to have a little say in it. This is exciting. And, man, I was really excited. And so the people came in the room, and they were glad to be there. I was glad to see them. And I said, so, you guys, how did it go? Right? Who wants to get up first and tell me how wonderful the past month has been and all the different coaching tools you've been using? And one of them, a uh, young lady raised her hand. She said, well, I, I, I got to be honest. I, I didn't do anything. And then the others kind of fessed up, and they all said, yeah, we, just, we didn't do anything. And I said, oh, wow, well, why not? Well, we, we didn't have time. We just, you know, we just didn't have time. Um, the things that you taught us were great, but, you know, we don't have 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour to sit down and talk to our people. And I said, oh, well, how much time do you have? They said, we have about a minute. And so I uh, went to work and uh, put together some different coaching tools that you can do in about a minute. Uh, and that's where the 60-second uh, coach name came from. Well, it's just, you know, what are some different ways? You don't have to sit down and have an hour-long conversation with somebody. You can just sit down and have a casual conversation. And that's what I've found through the years. That's a lot of times where the best learning takes place. That's where the, you know, you get some really powerful things happening to develop relationships. And uh, so I, I uh, worked with this client for a couple of years. And then uh, one day my wife, Rachel, said, you've got a lot of coaching stuff. Why don't you write a book about it and just put all those ideas together? And so that's what we did. So the, the book, The 60-Second Coach, which has 52 different coaching techniques, each one takes about a minute, about 60 seconds. Um, it took me about uh, three days to put all the content together uh, because I had it. I've been using it. And uh, so it's been very popular. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. And so I now get to go around and uh, help folks to, to learn how to um, use the Socratic method of coaching and to ask questions and to build themselves up and to build their people up. Well, first of all, uh, you're kind of breaking some industry secrets there because you're supposed to talk about how it was years and years and years to get yourself published and, and out there. So the three days thing kind of upsets me just a tad. But um, so why why does coaching, though, you know, seem to, to, to not work? I mean, you know, and I'll, I'll go into some some of my theories in a little bit, too, on that, too. But why why do you see that a lot of coaching doesn't seem to stick or not work? Or why do you think other than the time? Um, that you were saying on that client that, you know, people go to all these seminars, they do all these things, and and then, you know, they get back to work and they just get back to their daily lives. Why, why do you think that is? Well, so I kind of learned the hard way. And um, so I will say there are a lot of professional coaches, folks who are really terrific coaches out there. And so I think most of the conversation is not about those folks, but it's about us normal people that have to coach our employees. And so we don't necessarily have coach in our title, but it's, it's a part of what we do. And I think what most of us are taught is, and it's just like training. You're familiar with training. And I think, you know, a lot of training is an information dump. And I think a lot of coaching is that. And so I've seen a lot of folks through the years, and their idea of coaching is to call you in the room and say, okay, Rick, here's what you did wrong. I'm the supervisor. The first part of that is the word super, right? So I'm super. So I'm going to give you some advice and I'm going to tell you how to do it. Well, it doesn't change because uh, I've not had a change in my thought process. I've just been told what to do. I don't necessarily have the buy-in. I'm not thinking any differently, 
But the really, the effective coaches and the effective coaching is when we get people to think differently. And so what I discovered is coaching is really about awareness, not just about knowledge. So knowledge is um, the text or the, the specific content, the items that you learn. And the awareness is the context. How does that information fit into your life? How is it going to help you? How is it going to help other people? And so the more we can help people to, to have um, discovery and to kind of figure it out on their own. And so I was coaching a client, Rick, and uh, this young lady was uh, the number three person in her organization. And she, was, she said, I'm suffering from burnout. Do you think you can help me? And this was the first person I ever coached. And she said, would you coach me? And I, I said, well, I'd love to help you, but I'm not really a coach. And so we sat down and, and just started talking, and I just started asking her some questions. And after about 45 minutes of just a casual conversation, and me just asking questions because I didn't really understand what she did, um, she said, man, this has been the most fruitful hour I've had in a long time. I have a much clearer picture of where I am and what I need to do. And I said, oh, I'm great. I'm glad you have that. I'm glad I could help. And I uh, didn't really know what I'd done, but just in, in learning from that and going back to that, you know, to be effective as a coach, it's really up to us to help people to see things by asking questions. And so if you have that element of curiosity, you don't have to have the answer. So I think it's helping people to have greater awareness, not just by helping them to have a whole bunch more knowledge. Totally agree. And we're actually going to expound upon that point when we come back from break here. While we are on break, though, please go out and visit youraccelerant.com. And that's actually spelled E-X-C-E-L-L-E-R-A-N-T.com. Youraccelerant.com. You can reach Frank at frank at youraccelerant.com or reach him at at Frank Keck, K-E-C-K-C-S-P on Twitter. Uh, And we'll be right back on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. 
Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. All right, we're back in the Work-Life Balance. And before we get started, though, I did make a promise uh, to the group in PMI Nashville. So I was you know, announcing the show and announcing the Work-Life Balance and plugging the show as I usually do in my speaking engagements and then said, hey, I've got uh, Frank Keck coming on the show. And so Frank, they, they were like, oh, we just had Frank here. And uh, you need to make sure that you say hello to Frank from us here at PMI Nashville. So I did it. And for those listening uh, now from PMI Nashville, I fulfilled my promise. So um, so coming back, we were talking about, you know, why does does most coaching not work? And, you know, one of the biggest things, and, you know, it's in, in my book that's upcoming, um, I find interesting, you know, especially as we write books, Frank, and I use uh, Napoleon Hill is is my is my backdrop for this and the the wonderful book Think and Grow Rich. Um, and if you look at it, it's got you know you know millions and millions of copies sold. But and, and it's the easy guide or not the easy guide, but a step by step guide to becoming you know immensely rich. And with these millions and millions of copies sold, obviously there's not that many people that are that wealthy. It is funny because. If they've sold that many copies of that book, why are they not that many rich people? Well, there's many people who bought the book and and just never read it. And there's people who bought the book and read the first couple of chapters and didn't really follow through. There's people that bought the book and read the book but didn't really apply any of the information. Then there's people that actually followed the system and, and became very successful through it. So a lot of the times it's it's still behavior change. And, and so a huge realization for me and, and somebody who helped coach me and Christian uh, Simpson, who's part of the John Maxwell team, he said it best. And, and so I'll steal his line for that and make sure he gets credit for it. Uh, but around coaching, he said, you know, if you tell somebody the answer, you're robbing them of, of the opportunity to learn it for themselves. And boy, that quote has always stuck with me. What a beautiful quote. So how does coaching in, in your mind then, Frank, really, really help people themselves change? Well, you know, Rick, it also goes back to the, the parable. If you uh, give a person a fish, you feed them for a meal, really. But I think of the parables, you feed them for a day. But if you teach them to fish, you feed them for a lifetime. And I think that's really, um, you know, in my mind, what coaching is about. You know, behavior change is tough. Right? You've got to remember what you're supposed to do. You've got to remember when to do it 
and what not to do and how to replace it. And, and then, uh, you know, it's not always going to be successful the first time. And so, you know, unless you're really strong-willed, and even if you're strong-willed, it's nice to have a cheerleader and someone to pat you on the back and say, good job, Rick, let's, let's try it again. Um, or just somebody to listen that you can you know, kind of walk through, okay, well, I tried it this way, and, man, it was really frustrating. And I think sometimes just by them asking you questions, number one, they take an interest in you so you feel better about yourself, right? And, and humans are all about community. We need to be part of a community. So you know, when you have a coach, um, that's really helping somebody to be part of a community, uh, a tight-knit community, and so they feel good about that. So I think there's just so many aspects that that we can give people, so much we can give people simply by listening to them. And so now we call it coaching, but really it's it's a lot of times it's just listening. I think a lot of the coaching that I do is um, sitting down and listening and then just asking questions. And more times than not, they figure out the answers. Uh, the young lady I was telling you about in the last segment I still don't really understand what she does. And I've been coaching her now for nine years. And, um, but I think it's the fact that I don't, so I don't get tied up in all the weeds and the emotions and all that type of thing. And so I'm able to ask clarifying questions. And she's found that it gets her to think a little bit differently. And so I think, you know, really, as we help people to just see things a little bit differently, ask them about things from a different perspective, and have you ever learned something by accident, Rick? Yeah, all the time. All the time. So I was working in Chicago, and there was a, uh, I was doing a, a, a workshop, and uh, we had a, a gal in the back selling the, you know, she was in charge of selling the books and the tapes and all those things. And uh, so we went to, it was a full day workshop, and we went to lunch together. I'd never met her before that day that we worked together. Her name's Teresa. And what I realized at lunch is Teresa and I were exact opposites. I'm male. She's female. I have short hair. She has long hair. I have uh, blonde hair. She had brown hair. I have blue eyes. Right? She had brown eyes. I like dogs. She likes cats. I'm left-handed. She's right-handed. Just in everything that you can think of, we were opposites. And I really found her to be a good coach for me because she always had a different perspective. And so whenever I needed to see something in a different perspective, I was able to call Teresa and she was able to, not as an official coach, but just by asking questions uh, because she saw things from a different perspective. So I think just looking at things from that different perspective a lot of times can give people a lot of clarity they did not have previously. When you just answered the, the question that I had on deck for you, um, because I find that interesting and, and, you know, you're obviously very successful in what you do and, and I've met a lot of very successful people and they themselves have somebody either directly or indirectly that's a coach. Uh, and that was something I was very resistant in and, and, and quite frankly was, was very driven by my ego back in the day. And so when I first started my own company and yeah, I'm sitting there going, you know, who's going to coach me, man? I'm running my own company. I'm quite successful. I've you know, started a speaking career. I'm doing my thing. You know, who's going to coach me? Who's, who's going to give me answers I don't already have? Uh, and, and the funniest thing is, is the greatest coach isn't going to give you an answer that you don't already have. They're simply going to bring the best answer that you already have to the forefront. Would, would you agree with that? Uh, that's a great point. Yeah, I, I love how you 
you uh, painted that. That's absolutely true. And so there's this stigma, though, that if you feel as if you need a coach or that if you feel that you need to reach out to a coach, that's some, it's almost like saying I need therapy. And it's, it's not therapy at all. It, it can be therapeutic, but it's not therapy at all. What, I mean, needing coaching is just simply a way to help verbalize or find it. Or again, the, the other quote that I like is, unless you bring the subconscious conscious, it'll rule your life and you will call it fate. It's just simply bringing to the forefront the things that you need to do next. And, and so in that, there's several stages of, of coaching, right? Would you agree with that? And if, if so, what, what do you think those stages of coaching are? So, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I really like how you phrased that, right? It's making the unconscious conscious or the subconscious conscious. Now, uh, I, did, I, I didn't that, phrase that, by the way. I, I, I stole that. that, that that's a, a longstanding quote that's been out there for a long time. But I, I want to clarify, that's not my phrase. Okay. But I heard it first from you. So if I use it, <laughs> I know where I got it. Uh, so I've, just, I've learned that there's several different stages and uh, so as I work with folks, um, including um, our team here at Accelerant, we start with, the, I, I believe, the first stage is developing your core. And I think this is where a lot of us have missed the boat. Um, that's why I wrote the book, Embrace Your Freakness, uh, helping to, you know, uh, helping to um, create the life for which you were designed. And a lot of people just don't know who they are or where they where they came from or what they were designed to do. And uh, several years ago, uh, I was at the uh, D.C. airport, Ronald Reagan D.C. airport, and a guy came and sat down next to me, and he had this long white hair, and he painted a pink streak on the left and a blue streak on the right, and he was literally dressed like a clown and big bushy mustache, and uh, everybody was staring at him. Well, he came, and he sat down right next to me, I mean, there must have been 100 empty chairs. He sat down right next to me, sat on the floor and started singing. And so everybody's staring at me and, you know, who's your, who's your bizarre friend? And so I started talking to him and I said, you know, why the outfit? And he said, this, I said, do you wear it for the kids? Because, you know, it kind of looks like a clown. And he said, well, the kids love it, but I wear it for me. And I said, I, you wear it for yourself. I don't get it. He said, young man, I believe everybody has a purpose in life, and this uniform, my uniform, helps to remind me of what my purpose is every day. We talked for about 20 minutes, Rick, and then as we were leaving, I said, I'd like to quote you, what's your name? And he said, it's Patch Adams. And I said, no oh, this way. Is like the guy in the movie. And he said, well, actually, I am the guy in the movie, and I don't know if you ever had the filter off, but out of my mouth before I could stop it, I said, well, that's funny because you don't look anything at all like Robin Williams. <laughs> and uh, and he doesn't, but he changed my life. And that so that's really where I learned from Patch Adams uh, 15 years ago. That you've got to start with the core, and everybody has something special and unique about them. We call that your freakness, right? That's every every individual, every team, every organization. And if you don't know what that is, and so it's we, it's really just defining what's your driving force. It's been inside of you your entire life. Well, let's just. Let's be able to identify that, you know, and go from an unconscious competent to a conscious competent. And then what are your three primary values? Um, you know, we, we all have values that rule our lives. Are we aware of what those values are? Are they what we think they are? Does our behavior, you know, I believe your behavior really tells you what your values are. So first of all, the first 
the first step or the first stage is really understanding what makes you tick. Then the second stage is how do I gain clarity? And clarity is mutual understanding. Um, you know, in Seven Habits, Dr. Covey talked about seek first to understand, then to be understood. And that's really what developing clarity is. Once you and I have clarity, we understand where each other are coming from. doesn't mean that I, I have buy-in from you. So then I need engagement. So I believe that's the third stage of coaching is helping to get people engaged. And then once you have that, then I believe it's all about um, innovation, right? And so how do we innovate? How do we keep things fresh? How do we keep getting better um, every single time that we do something? And so that's kind of the process. We want people to continuously look at those stages and continue to develop in those. And so that's how we, we just kind of take walk people through those stages. Sometimes, Rick, people are really great, and they go right through an order. And you know what? Sometimes they don't go through an order at all, and I think that's okay. And sometimes you jump from one stage to another. Sometimes you jump back to one. Uh, life's not neat. And so, uh, you know, our coaching model is a circle. And so you just you have the stages, and um, so that's why we've got 52 activities, 13 in each of those stages, so that you can – you know, go to the stage that you're at right now. Outstanding. So we're going to take a pause right here. We're going to take another break. Uh, again, you can go to youraccelerant.com and uh, find out uh, all about Frank, about his books, uh, and uh, just find out about him and his company, find out how to engage them, and, and maybe even set them up to, to help coach you and, and where you're at in your life. So you're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. We'll be right back. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment, and not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward, and the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy, and the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. 
Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance. Thanks for hanging out on another Friday with us. I love the fact, you know, this Friday show is is such a fantastic time slot for me because it's just a way for me to wrap up my my week and uh, you use this show to kind of say my my work life is is now ending and I'm going to go to my life life and uh, so I appreciate everyone hanging out with us uh, every Friday at this show. So as we come back to Frank, um, you know, Frank, was there ever a, a time in your life where or, or can you remember the time in your life where, where you were really first being coached? Well, yeah, you know, Rick, I, it, it first hit me in um, eighth grade. I had algebra. And um, so I go to algebra. I have no concept of what it's going to be. And the teacher starts writing letters and numbers on, on the board. And I raised my hand. And I said, what are you doing? This is math, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, you don't have letters in math. You just have numbers. And he said, well, this is algebra. And I knew right there I was, I was in trouble. And uh, so I went and took the first test, and, and I remember that if you got 60 points or more, that was passing. And I, I didn't get, there were, I think, 10 questions. I didn't get a single one right, but I passed. And so I went up to the teacher, Mr. Harvey, and I said, Mr. Harvey, I'm not complaining, but I don't understand. How did I pass? I didn't get any of the questions right. And he said, well, Frank, you know, I asked you to show your work, and you showed work on every problem, and it was very, very helpful. And even though you didn't get any of the questions right, I'm able to understand you a lot better. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit lost. And he said, my job is to help you to be better at math, right? The only way I can do that is by understanding your thought process. The only way I can understand your thought process is if I can see it or if I can hear it. And uh, I can't get 40 people to talk at once. And so when you take the test and you show your work, I get to see how you think and then I can help you to change where you're making the problems. And, you know, it just kind of hit me there, Rick. That's coaching, right? And so I love the fact that, that your show is the work-life balance because I think, uh, you know, these coaching techniques in the book, yeah, they're great for, for your work, but they're also great for your home life. You know, I use these with my kids. Uh, I know uh, you and I know each other. You know, our kids are everything to us. And, Gosh, it's so important to be able to help your kids have those aha moments and figure stuff out and just to see their eyes light up. And so uh, really, it's, you know, that's one of the most important places to coach, I believe, is your family and your loved ones, you know, whomever your family consists of, and because it's helping them to see things that they haven't seen before, too. 
Yeah, but my wife has caught on to that because her, her favorite quote, my favorite quote that I share in my speeches is when she looks at me and she goes, don't you project manage me, man. So uh, <laughs> it doesn't always work, but I get it. Um, so what about, you know, so we, we talked about the 60 second manager and you said that there's, you know, 52 uh, techniques in there, all that take 60 seconds or, or, or less. What are some of your favorite techniques uh, within that book that, that you could share with the audience? So um, there's a couple and if we could just role play here real quick, um, I'm going to say real quick, Rick. That sure. Rhymes. Wow. Uh, each one takes about 60 seconds. And so several of them are just um, questions. And so my favorite one, I think, is called One Thing. And if you remember back to the movie City Slickers with Billy Crystal and the, the uh, late great <laughs> Jack Pallet, right? And they're, they're on the trail and they're riding the horses and, Billy Crystal turns to Curly, who's played by Jack Palance, and he says, what's the key to life? I don't know if you remember that scene. but I Curly do, very well. Him, right? He's got the cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and he says, one thing. It's one thing. And Billy Crystal, say it. Crystal says, what's the one thing? And Jack Palance says, that's what you have to figure out. And so the coaching tool is called one thing. So if you could change one thing about... So that's how you start the question. If you could change one thing about, and then there's a million different ways that you can end it. And so with our team, I'll ask questions. Like if you could change one thing, like Rachel, my wife, just did um, her first presentation in front of a large group last week. And at the end, I said, if you could change one thing about your presentation, what would you change? If you could change one thing about your audience, what would you change? Um, for managers or for parents, uh, what I love to ask my, my kids especially my seven-year-old Leo, and he's happy to oblige. Leo, what's one thing you would change about me? I mean, what a great question, right? And then just sit back and listen. And, you know, if you're open to it, you can get some really great feedback. So if you could change one thing about coaching your, your folks, Rick, what would you change? About coaching my, coaching my team, coaching my clients, coaching... Well, if you change one thing about coaching your wife, what would you change? Uh, yeah, sure, to, to, to make her m more open to the, to the process, right? <laughs> make, her, make her coachable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's an easy question. one. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the show, so I can get away with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the key is, you know, you're getting someone to think, and it's not like, hey, what would you change about this whole project? But what no, would you I just love, change I about love one piece? Yeah, for sure. For sure, no, and but and seriously, to role play that out, and in you know, if you ask me the same question, what 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 would be the one thing that I would like you know my daughter to work on, and in the the big one that we've really been targeting lately is is taking accountability, right? Yeah, and so that and that's it. That's because I feel like everything kind of is stemming from that. It's it's not everybody else's fault that this didn't go well. It's not everything everybody else's fault that this is going on. It's it's. Take accountability for what you can change or what you did or that kind of stuff. Um, but um, that that to me is is you know where I think the switch gets flipped in her head and that everything yeah. starts to get better for her. So I, I love Absolutely. it. I love I love the technique. I think it's a great great thing. We we I used that with Leo and he played baseball for the first time this summer and after one at bat and he struck out and he came back to the dugout and I just said, Hey, what's, what's one thing that you liked about that at bat? 
and what's one thing that you'll do differently next time? And he said, Dad, I'm going to swing my bat more level. Went back up, and I didn't, I didn't have to give him any advice. He went back up to next that bat and got a hit. So it's, um, you know, uh, Socrates said, um, wisdom really lies in using what you know, not just knowing it. And so I think, you know, a lot of times we know stuff, but we don't necessarily use it. We don't, but if we just think about it a little bit, um, a lot of those things come to us. So that's, so that's get- one of my favorite ones. I think another one is, um, and, and it's, what is your definition of success? So let me just ask you, Rick, what's, what's your definition of success? Oh, that one's easy. Significance. Right. My definition of success isn't wealth. It isn't it isn't attainment of wealth. My my definition of success is to be significant to my family is 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 to be remembered as as being significant Um, and significant has been defined. And I have defined that um, through an interview process with with my family uh, as to what significance means to them. But I want uh, to me, success is significance. I love that. And, you know, my definition of success is being able to live your life to the fullest on your own terms. Um, and when I've gone to some of my clients and asked this question, you know, people say, hey, we, our teams, you know, we have the silo effect. Our people aren't on the same page. And that'll be one of the first questions I ask everyone on the team individually. What's your definition of success? And I've had some people say, well, my definition of success is showing up. Oh, you mean showing up on time? <laughs> no, I just mean showing up. If I get here, and, and I can get here, for me, that's I've had a successful day, right? And their boss says, well, that's not my version. Therein lies the problem. I want you guys to have a communication issue. So I think one of the great things is just for us to have that casual conversation. And, you know, if you're, if you're leading folks, you need to know what their definition of success is. And, uh, you know, the definition of success for a team is not what you write on the wall. It's not the vision statement, but it's if you take everybody's version of what success is and you put it together and mix it up in a pot, that's what the true definition of success for that team is. So I've, I've just seen a lot of lives changed. I've seen a lot of personal lives change by people saying, you know, I never really thought about what that is before. Uh, I've seen marriages get better, you know, relationships get stronger because people start to talk about, hey, what's important to you? And, um, you know, Rachel and I are doing that. We're, we're getting ready to move to a different house because what we found out is our version of success, um, our house doesn't fit that anymore. So, um, you know, we're changing our lifestyle a little bit so that we can feel more successful when we get home. And it's not about having a great big house and a great big subdivision. It's about having a, she wants a, a tiny house. I don't know that I'm there yet, but just something that, you know, that works better for us and that we make use of space. And so it started with the question, you know, what do you, how do you define success? And so it's really helped us to change a lot of things in our lives. It's really cool. So I did get a little bit of uh, listener feedback here on the show, and I'm going to send a reminder to our listeners that are listening live right now. Uh, and so one of the, the, the little feedback I got here uh, said, you know, that they're really enjoying the interview, Frank, but they, they would like us to throw some some hard questions at each other. And I'm going to remind this listener, um, 
that uh, there's an 800 number uh, that's going to be announced on the break where they're more than welcome to call in and, and throw the tough question at us, man. So, uh, you know, we've yeah. got one more segment that's going to be coming in. Um, I know this listener very well and very near and dear to my heart. And, I, and look, this is an open invitation. Uh, dial in and throw it our way, brother. Uh, so I'm, I am personally now challenging this, this person uh, to, to dial in and come up with the toughest question that, that he feels he can come up with and challenge, uh, challenge Frank and I uh, to, to the test here. Uh, because we are going to take our final break here because I want to leave a couple minutes on the backside of this this uh, last segment uh, just to, to give us enough time to answer and give him uh, some time to dial in. So we're going to take our final break here. We're listening to uh, Frank Keck, and you're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. We'll be right back. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. 
So you heard the number, 866-472-5790, if we have any interested guests that'd like to throw a question our way. And uh, as a side note, with text coming in during the show, Justin just won $100. So um, with that, we're coming back with uh, Frank. Frank, it was, was there any other techniques or anything like that that, that you wanted to share? Um, well, you know, one of them is uh, what is the toughest uh, what is the hardest lesson that you've ever learned? And so simply wow. by sharing that hardest lesson, so it kind of fits the, the, uh, the texture. We'll see if they call. I think it kind of fits that. But what's the hardest lesson that you've ever learned? And uh, one of them for me, I'll just go first. One of them for me, I was doing a presentation uh, for a military base uh, the, the people had been deployed and their families had stayed. And so I was there to teach them a little bit about communication, but also to make them feel, you know, loved and welcome and important. And um, so I think I had about, oh, five or 600 people in the audience. And I was up on stage and it was a two-hour program. I got through the first hour and um, we, we took a 15-minute break. The curtains closed and the general came up and he said, two things. Number one, you're doing a really great job. People are enjoying it. This is terrific. Number two, your flies unzipped. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, that was a little embarrassing. That that was a hard one. So easy to fix, but kind of difficult to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, uh, mine had, had to do with learning how, uh, learning how to filter my wit. Um, so I have a, a incredibly quick wit, mm-hmm. uh, and and I had a lot of career limiting moves uh, throughout my young career, in um, saying what I felt and saying what I meant, and uh, not having a filter in that. And so I had a lot of very painful moments uh, in my young career, uh, saying and in doing something that just, you know, I, I could have three years into a company and just rising up the corporate ladder and then have just a one second uh, throwing almost all that away uh, yeah. because I, I just didn't have a filter. I, I didn't know how to filter uh, what I thought in my head through what was coming out of my mouth. And um, learning that was very, very hard for me. Um, and seeing how quickly that could turn was very hard for me. And so that was that that's the hardest lesson I've learned in my career for sure. I think uh, just to add to mine, uh, that one was kind of funny, but on a more, little more serious note, uh, you know, we grew up, uh, money was very important. You know, if you wanted to do well, um, you had to go to school, get a good job, make a lot of money, buy a big house, buy more stuff, get a bigger house because you have more stuff. Um but that was just kind of in, in our community. That's what, that's how you gauge success was by, you know, how much stuff do you have and how expensive is it and how much money do you make? And I think the, you know, going through a lesson the last couple of years, really thinking about what is important to me. And I think not just what was taught to me by my parents or teachers or people I hung around as a child, but making that decision for myself. Um, and, and then um, really saying, okay, I'm going to change my lifestyle to what's important to me. That's been one of the hardest things that I've had to do. And, Rick, I will tell you, it's been the most rewarding. You know, when you can live a life of your values, 
Um, you don't have to apologize for anything. And gosh, you're just you're so much more fulfilled and happier. For sure. So, Frank, tell tell people how they can get in touch with you, how they can engage you, that kind of stuff. So, we're, I'm at um, Frank at youraccelerant.com, uh, as you've mentioned a couple of times. We're located in Kansas City, the heart of America. We're right in the uh, middle of the country, and uh, I'm on uh, the Twitter. Uh, but you know, us older folks, we're we're not as Twitter savvy. Well, especially um, when you say the Twitter, so I'm just going to throw that out. <laughs> is that a giveaway? That <laughs> pretty much was, yes. <laughs> um, we also have uh, uh, a phone number. You can reach us at 816-299-5325, which spells out Keck, my last name. How about that? Yeah, so nice. 816-299-Keck, K-E-C-K. And I'll be in Kansas City on the 31st and 1st, just so you know. Awesome. We'll have to get some barbecue. There you go. Um, and then finally, uh, the question for you is, what is the best advice uh, you have ever been given? So I think the best advice, um, well, that I can say on air, because uh, my grandfather gave me some salty advice, but that's for another day. <laughs> but the, the best advice that I've received um, came from my grandfather, and he said uh, it was marital advice. And he said, when you get married, don't let anything come between you and your wife. Not money, not problems, not uh, another woman or man, not even your children. So have a united front. You can argue like crazy behind closed doors, but have that unified front and do not let things come between you. And there's been plenty of opportunities through the years for things to come between us, and that has always been... Rule number one is don't let anything come between us, um, including, you know, our, our own egos or pride or some of those things. And so we we talk about everything. And sometimes those are some tough conversations to get started. But, gosh, they're so much better when you work through them. So I would pass that along, Rick. You know, don't don't let anyone get between you and those that you love the most. Don't let anything get in between you. Have those conversations. Um, and then, you know, eat a lot of ice cream. Ice cream can ice cream can make a lot of tough conversations better after you're finished with them. <laughs> that one I like. That one I like. Well, Frank, thank you so much for joining us here on the Work-Life Balance. It's been a pleasure, and I'm sure we're going to see each other on the speaking trail. I know that uh, uh, Justin and I have been working on a few of those uh, opportunities together and so uh, there's going to be uh, several opportunities that I know that you and I are going to be paired up uh, in the coming new year for sure. So thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you, Rick. This has been a blast. And I look forward to seeing you. Uh, I'll take you to dinner when you come to town. Sounds great. And for everybody else, thanks for being a part of the Work-Life Balance again. And uh, next week, I don't have a, a guest uh, booked, so it's going to be another one of uh, the shows that's uh, going to be coming from the heart. Uh, so we'll be talking about that uh, uh, next week. Uh, but we do have some fantastic guests that uh, are going to be coming up here uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, so please hang with us. Uh, we'll be talking to you guys soon. I appreciate everybody being around. Um, but we've got a really cool announcement, I think, coming up uh, February 3rd. I'm looking to the confirmation of that. But uh, once that's confirmed, I'll tell you about that next week. Uh, but as always, thank you so much for joining us on the Work-Life Balance. We'll talk to you next Friday. 
Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.